But uh, now you come to me and you say, Don Corleone, give me justice. But you don't ask with respect. You don't offer friendship. You don't even think to call me Godfather. Instead, you come into my house on the day my daughter's to be married and you ask me to do murder for money. I ask you for justice. That is not justice. Your daughter is still alive. Let him suffer then. As she suffers. How much shall I pay you? Hey, what is up, everybody listening in to RP, all you tots out there. Thank you guys so much for joining in. This is a podcast where four friends review movies you absolutely should have seen already. My name's Scott, and I am here with three of the best men in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And Jake. (laughs) Who's the third Onyx? Onyx. I thought you were just including yourself. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you, Jake. You can't leave. Seriously, you can you never can't leave. leave. Is this Hotel California? Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> we are reviewing The Godfather. <laughs> That's the most anticlimactic way to say that. Yeah. yeah. We In are case you couldn't it? tell from the audio, I couldn't hear any audio. Over All I purring. heard was the, just a cat purring. Yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast where four friends sit down to review cat purrs. <laughs> that was an eight. Like an eight. Out of 10. Yeah, it's good, but yeah, what, I've heard better. What breed of cat was that? It was, I don't know. The only breed of cat to me is cat. Short hair tabby. Yeah. yeah. I, I know three breeds of cat. I know uh, tabby cat. I know Alley Cat. Is Alley a breed? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, uh, the only ones I actually know, there's like Tabby, Tabbies, Siamese. there's Siamese, yeah. and then there's, uh, um, well, I don't even remember the third that I was going to say. So as far as I'm concerned, it, it's like, it's just cat. Oh, Calico. That's the other one mm. that I know. I thought Calico was like a coloring. I don't know. Maybe it is. I th- like cats I are like a street up the road. Oh, that's Calco. <laughs> I'm sure that that's going to translate well. <laughs> Over, our- <laughs> it'll translate to all of our local listeners. Yeah, not maybe to, not to our listeners in Britain. Yeah. All the all you boys over at the pond. Any <laughs> over at the, at pond. the pond. <laughs> over at They're the just pond. <laughs> over They're the just pond. Sitting on it. Are those are those our listeners in Missouri? Yeah. Okay. No, those are our listeners on the Titanic. <laughs> oh, got it. Got it. Uh, yeah. So Godfather, uh, I think that I'm the reason that took us so long to do this because I've like vetoed doing this (laughs) so many times. Uh, but we're here. Scott nominated it. I did. I had never seen this before. Uh, but it's definitely a movie I knew I should have seen. Like I knew all the references, uh, to the things that happened in this movie. And so I figured it was one that we definitely needed to do on the pod. And the reason it took so long was because, of Tyler and Zach's both negative uh, opinion towards the length of this movie and how slow they said it was. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, uh, before we jump into kind of what everybody else uh, thinks about it, uh, we'll do a little bit of just the facts. We'll get those out of the way early. Uh, So this was uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, and I'm going to mispronounce Coppola Coppola like five times, but it is, I'm pretty sure Coppola supposed to be pronounced Coppola. 
Uh, it was written by uh, Mario Puzzo and Francis Coppola. Actually, Francis Coppola is the person who wrote the screenplay, uh, but this is based on a book by Mario Puzzo. Uh, but Coppola was so, um, ended up being so true to the first draft, or the first draft of the script ended up being so true to Puzzo's book that Coppola insisted that the name of the movie be Mario Puzzo's The Godfather. Mm. Is it still that? I didn't even notice that. It is on the title screen, but it's not. It's called The Godfather, but the title screen is Mario Puzzo's The Godfather. So, yeah. Uh, It was released March 24th, 1972. Uh, The other guys gave this a 97%. uh, And on IMDb, it is a 9.2. One of the very few times that we've broken into the nines for IMDb. They're stingy. It is uh, number two on IMDb and number two on AFI's top 100 films. I, I feel like it should. I don't think sh- uh, uh, Shawshank should be number one on IMDb. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I think it's a little ridiculous. I think it's really good, but I don't know that it is the best movie ever made. Have we all seen that? Yeah, I Shawshank. So. Yeah, good. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> I really like Shawshank. Yeah, Shawshank's really good. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, this is pretty impressive. It did $246 million on a $6 million budget. Yeah, it's a, that's a pretty beast uh, return. <laughs> right uh, that is very, very impressive. Largely, I think, due to the fact that uh, Al Pacino, Diane Keaton, and James Caan were all only paid $35,000. <laughs> They're not getting any royalties or anything. I don't know. I, I mean, it. they could have had royalties in their contracts. I, I didn't find any information about that. But I do know that they were paid thirty five grand. It's a four thousand percent return. That's bonkers. <laughs> four thousand percent. Yeah. Six to two forty six. Uh huh. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, this won three Academy Awards uh, for Best Picture, uh, Best Actor for uh, Marlon Brando. Scott didn't write that down, but I just but knew had, that. You said that one. I, I, I went it. in and I added. I added all the uh, supporting actors. Oh, that's that didn't good. Win. Thank you. Uh, but I, I knew that Marlon Brando won best actor for that. It also won best original or I'm sorry, adapted screenplay. It would have been adapted cause it was based on a book. Um, it was nominated for, but did not win eight Academy awards, three wow. supporting actor nominations, uh, for James Conn, Robert Duvall and Al Pacino. I didn't know that you, they, they got three, <laughs> they oh got three. Gosh. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. Were they just like at the Oscars? Just like, all right, no matter who winner. wins, we win. Yeah. 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 None of them won it. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Wasn't Al Pacino pretty pissed too, that he didn't get uh, uh lead. lead yeah. Yeah. Al Pacino boycotted the Oscars. He refused to go because uh, he thought that he should have been nominated in the best actor category since he had more screen time than Marlon Brando. He really feels like the lead of the movie. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, and he is really the lead of the second movie. Um, And and I would say that the story is probably most about him in this movie. Uh, But... I, I think Marlon Brando was the star of the show. Sure. He the, stole the show for sure. Yeah. But. Three of them lost to Joel Gray in Cabaret. Oh, okay. Uh, this was also nominated for, but did not win best director, best costume, best sound, best film editing, and best original score. 
did they not win best costume because of how Harry James Khan's shoulders were in that one? Thing? <laughs> yeah, that was very, <laughs> someone really should have dealt with that. Yeah. Somebody should have done something about that. Yeah. Gangsters are hairy, dude. I don't want to see it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with Jake. I don't know where the art department was on that one, but it was a miss for sure. So, uh, Scott, what, uh, you, you were a late bloomer on I this, was a, late bloomer. a nominator and a late bloomer. So we'll come back to you since you were oh, a late bloomer. Okay. Uh, Jake, you had seen the Godfather before. Yeah. I saw it a long time ago and I remember thinking, yeah, this is fine. You know, um, I think there were things that I liked better this time, but overall I think I liked it less. Like, I think you were telling us, I don't know if you've said it yet, that they added 50 minutes to this movie. Yeah after the final director's cut. And I feel like it shows like there's a lot of stuff that I would have been like, if we would have just, if this would have been a two hour movie, I think I would have been a lot happier with it. I'm so confused how like you, that's yeah. an issue for you with this, but like but the good, good that's that's really like, <laughs> is, is fine. That's it's what I was going to say. Too much dialogue per minute. Is that like, <laughs> like I feel like on the nose you would be like, yeah, this, this, this is, is right the up biggest Jake's alley. surprise of the podcast. For you me. know like, what it is? It's because Sergio Leone didn't like it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And if it's this not interesting, like, for this Sergio, feels right up your alley. It does. It really does. Like when, when we were like, oh yeah, the Godfather. And then I was like, I should like that, but yeah. I, I'm not that into it. Uh, and it just, I don't know. I, a lot of it just didn't do it for me. Like the Italy stuff. I was like, I wish that that wasn't in the movie. Okay. Uh, and like, it, it felt like there was too much that wasn't about what the movie was about. What, what did you think the movie was about? I mean, I, <laughs> I thought it was about, <laughs> what? it was about two rival gangs. No. I'm mean, driving <laughs> to find a dead body. Kiefer Sutherland is in one. He's really Did cool. Did I miss Kiefer Sutherland in this? <laughs> no. He's super cool. Uh, no, but like, I mean, really, I thought it was about like Michael's transformation from like good guy war hero to, you know, the dawn of this family. And like, I know that like the Italy stuff, I guess, could be part of that. But like, it almost felt like there was just like a whole like he went out, it was just a tangent. And then there was a reset. Like he gets married and I'm like, how's that going to play into his relationship with Diane Keaton? I'm like, Oh, it's not. She's blown up. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, I wonder if Diane Keaton yeah. ever knew. I, I no, doubt it. There's not a chance. He didn't even let her ask him what he does for a living. You know? That's well, true. I wonder he if, I wonder private. if that comes up in the second one. I, I don't, don't remember. I haven't seen it. I don't remember either. That's what we'll be reviewing for my next movie. Godfather just gonna two. Do Godfather the two. whole Godfather trilogy. And then three. Yeah. yeah. You have Bummer Summer. I have Godfather Summer. No. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, the gangster, sum, mobster summer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what did you think of this movie? Uh, yeah. You had seen so it before. I, I had seen it before. This is my third time watching it, actually. Um, I My dad showed me this one and the second one when I was a kid, and I was way too young to watch this movie. Like, I was so bored. I was, I was a kid, um, so I really didn't like it at all. And then... Uh, Back when I was in college, a buddy of mine and I, we tried to, uh, we, we had a very ambitious goal of watching the entire IMDb top 250. Yep. And I think we got to number three. <laughs> so Which we watched The Godfather. Godfather 2. Is that I, think, I actually is? think we only got to two. I don't think we even watched Godfather 2 because I don't think I've seen Godfather 2 twice. So I think we stopped after this one. I haven't even seen it once. You uh, you probably got through three because three is the Dark Knight. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we did. Yeah. Um. Oh wow. I didn't realize Dark Knight was above Godfather two. Yeah. I IMDb. didn't realize that Dark Knight was that high. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I I went into it my second viewing, thinking that I was gonna not like it, and I I didn't. Um. 
This time around, I actually really, really liked it. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I really liked it. Like, I, I remember, like, like before I started watching it, I was like, all right, this is going to be tough. I'm going to have to set aside a day to watch this. <laughs> it's going to be so slow. And I remember we got to the part where Michael kills Salazzo or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. And I, like, looked at how much it was. And we were already an hour and a half in. And I was like, I can't believe it's been an hour and a half. I feel like the movie's still just getting started. Mm-hmm. Mm, it didn't. It didn't feel slow to me. It, and I, I do think that the. I think after Salazzo is killed, it does drag a little bit. I feel like. Uh, I feel like it's really interesting up to that point, and then it gets a little slow. You're, I think you're right. The Italy, the the stuff in Italy, feels a little slow. But I think by that point I was so bought into the story, um, and I was really invested in the family and and the the politics of it all, and just the everything that goes into the mobster's lifestyle and and the characters, everything about it, I was really into, and so I was just hooked. Um, so I I really enjoyed it this time around. That's interesting. Like I think that I really like like the idea, and there were a lot of scenes that I really did like. You know, like watching Marlon Brando. And like this, the story I think is good, but then I just felt like there's so many times where I found myself really checked out. Like the wedding scene, the wedding scene is so at the beginning. Yeah, it's so long. I love, I love the entire part. Really? Yeah. I, I felt like it was way too, like about ten minutes. Like I, I feel like that scene was thirty minutes. I could be wrong, but I feel like it, it, like a third. It, I think of it. it was a long time. It was a long like a bit of the movie. Yeah, and I feel like we kind of cut a third of it's, it out. It's essentially know? almost. I would say the wedding is like a little more than half of the first act. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was such a great introduction to the Corleone family, but then also just kind of the, the situation they're in. I thought it was so like a a really interesting, subtle way to introduce Barzini into the story. Um, and to, to kind of introduce the politics of it all. And like, you could tell that they were setting up some like small characters who were going to have bits to play later on. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a really like interesting, cool way to do that. So it's kind of funny. Uh, uh, the movie initially, uh, Coppola had written to open with the wedding, like directly on the wedding, because he liked introducing all the characters that way. Um, but I think it was Mario Puzo ended up talking him out of it to start with that long scene with the the Godfather and Bonacera. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a it's like a three minute uh, pullout. Like yeah. it starts tight on, uh, on Don Vito. And then it's just literally three minutes of just, uh, widening the lens. Uh, and this was the first time, uh, that a computer operated lens had ever been used mm. in order to be able to nail that, like pull that out slow, that consistent. slow, consistent, uh, zoom out. Um, and, uh, and it was from, uh, I think from another movie, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was from another movie, the way that Coppola had introduced characters that Puzo really liked. And he said, start with, start with the Godfather and then go to the wedding. Um, but Coppola really liked the wedding and liked introducing everyone in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's where we meet a lot of, of the characters we meet. Um, I don't remember it. Johnny Fontaine. Johnny Fontaine. Johnny Fontaine. Yeah, like like he's one. I think um, it's really interesting that you said earlier that uh, that his first draft felt so like similar to or was was so uh, faithful to the book mm-hmm. because this movie feels kind of like a book mm-hmm. in my opinion, um, where you you kind of travel with characters to parts of the story that may not be super uh, pertinent to the overall plot, 
but I loved exploring the maybe uh, ancillary aspects of mm-hmm. this world of their story that I I enjoyed that that aspect. I enjoyed watching Tom go to Hollywood and like like, like it. I feel like it just it gave me more and more context for like how this family operates and what what their lifestyle looks up to the part where things get complicated with Salazzo and, and mm-hmm. whatnot and all that stuff. You know, well, well, I'm going to cut you off because, Zach, you've been a little bit of an eager beaver. Scott sure, sure, and yeah, I yeah. still haven't had the chance oh, to wait, give really? our... Yeah. Oh, we've been going for a while. <laughs> I know. You guys really got into it. Um, yeah, so uh, this was only my second time watching this. So the first time I watched it, uh, I was probably 11 years old and uh, or maybe 10. My mom and stepdad were dating... And uh, we were over at my stepdad's house and the only movies he owned were the Godfather trilogy, the Rocky quadrilogy at that point and uh, the Indiana Jones trilogy. And so (laughs) I watched all of those. uh, Well, I watched the Rocky and uh, Indiana Jones movies several times. But I only watched The Godfather once, and after that, I always begged when we were going to watch one of those options. It's like, please, not The Godfather. You guys couldn't rent movies. It was just like, we, we got <laughs> sick. We like, got. <laughs> we got I don't 10. know, man. Take I, your pick. We ended up like later, like after Let's they watched got- Temple of Doom for the fourth time, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of it was that like, this was a way for like them to hang out, so they were doing their own thing, and like me and my brother were just watching- movies to you know entertain us while they were in their early stages of dating but uh i saw the godfather back then absolutely hated it i i too i think was too young to watch it and so ever since then people talk about the godfather and i'm always just like i know it's good but i don't want to watch it again um and so watching it through this time i was really pleased i i loved it i think i agree with uh what both of you are saying so far I think that this movie, so many movies have third act problems. This movie has a second act problem. Uh, and it's just getting us from the beginning to the end of the movie. In the middle, they go on uh, a story arc where it feels like, well, this could have been its own movie. You know, like if yeah. you cut down the whole first act, we can have a movie about Michael finding love and, you know, all that kind of, but it's its own story. It's its own movie. Um so yeah, I, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And Scott, you were our only late bloomer. I was, but I still went in expecting to hate it. Okay. Because of how you guys talked about <laughs> it. Sure. Yeah. Like, uh, I was going in thinking, okay, this is going to be a long, slow, boring movie that we're probably just going to trash on. And I watched it and I was like, oh, like I actually really liked that. I thought it was good. I, I agree that there was part like. I wasn't attached at all to his uh, bride that he married in Italy because I didn't get to know her at all. Um, And so like there are parts of the movies like that whole Italy scene, like you could have cut that and the movie still made complete sense. Um, I don't, I don't think it added a ton. I think where it did add though, was it just built up this uh, world where they're very powerful. They're connected in a lot of places, but they're not immune to things. Like they have enemies everywhere as well and they never know who to trust. And so I think it did like build into just that persona of we're powerful. We have a lot of resources, but so do other families. And you know, there's, there's always things happening. You never know what's around the next turn. So we have to be super careful. And uh, so I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was a, a very well done put together. 
Um, I understand why you guys said that having watched it when you guys were kids. So it makes me happy to hear that you guys liked it better now. Cause I was like, maybe I'll be the only one who liked it. I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe I'm the only one that's kind of down on it. Yeah. Um, and I think like walking away from the movie, like when I was watching the Italy scene, I was honestly mad. I was like, this is so, I'm so <laughs> upset. And I think I walked away from it just, that's all I could think about. But when I think about other parts of the movie, I think the, like, I think I remember getting bored during the wedding scene. I remember being furious during the Italy scene and I remember not being very furious. <laughs> I, was, I was fuming. He's just fuming. I was like, this is her so Coppola. I was like, this is so, I hate this so much. Um, Jeez. And then I remember being like, kind of like, I remember just being like, yeah, I think I agree a lot with what Tyler said. I think made a lot of sense. Like the second act, I was just so checked out, mm. but then it pulled me back in. Like the beginning I was interested and then I, it really lost me in the middle, but then it really pulled me back in. And I think like the scene, the, like the last scene where he's like at the baptism and like, he's, he's doing his whole, like, I renounce the devil, I renounce his works. And then he's having yeah. everybody. I loved that scene. So good. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that scene so much, but yeah. there was just so much in the middle that I was like, Oh, it's such an iconic scene too. Like I've seen that, like now having seen that I'm like, Oh, like I knew it was from the Godfather, but like with every line I knew what was going to be said. Like I've seen that scene so many times in other parodies or other like people redoing imitations of it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I thought that scene was excellent. I understand why it lives in infamy. I, I, I heard somewhere that like, uh, like if you can nail the ending of a movie that like your audience is going to forgive its past mistakes, which is mm -hmm. a little, you know, not completely true because obviously you don't Jake, but <laughs> I, I felt that way about this where like the ending by the end of the movie and having seen all that, like what you guys were just talking about, the baptism and everything after that point, like I was just so jacked on it that I was just like, that was freaking awesome. Mm. I'm not even thinking about the Italy thing, but, um, I, I think one thing that was really cool about watching it and, and because like I said, this is my third time that the second time I think I went in checked out. So I was checked out the entire time this time being more careful to like, uh, pay attention to it. And having seen the second one, I can see where they're already setting up aspects of the second movie. Um, and a lot of the second movie takes place in Italy. And so I, I think I could be completely wrong because I don't remember a lot of the second movie. But I think that some of those characters that we... Because I feel like Coppola was... Uh, and maybe this is more credit to Mario Puzo, but like... I don't feel like there's any like inconsequential characters hmm. in this movie at all. Like everyone kind of has a part to play. And I thought, honestly, I thought aspects of the the Italy bit of the movie was interesting because it kind of shows that their network is not just within New York. They have family that's still over in Italy. And I'm wondering if maybe some of those characters that felt very small and inconsequential will have a part to play in the second one. But I also thought it, it did a good job of setting up that aspect, Scott, that you were kind of talking about, that like they can't escape their enemies. They're mm -hmm. not really safe anywhere, you know? Um, and I thought like, I agree that like, you, you know, we don't feel any sort of remorse over after the Italian wife dies, but I think that it was important in showing why Michael is by the end of the movie. So bought into being the Don is mm -hmm. because he, at this point is so his brother has been killed. His father has been attempted to be killed and his wife was killed. So at this point he's kind of all he's invested, you know? Yeah. It's almost like, uh, <clears throat> Almost like uh, I, I don't have anything left to lose kind of a thing. Yeah. And I do feel like the relationship with Michael and 
K, right? Her name's K, K. right? Mm-hmm. Feels a little underdeveloped in this movie, um, but I'm pretty sure that their relationship is a big aspect of the second one. And I can see how they're kind of like, I, I thought the ending frame of this movie was really good. And I think it kind of um, foreshadows a dynamic of, of the second one. Yeah, I will say, I agree with you. I think that this movie ends perfectly. <clears throat> Um, you know, the baptism scene that, that whole sequence is, is of course phenomenal. And then I love, you know, I, I really love how he, uh, it seems like he's forgiving, uh, Carlo for, you know, uh, for not only like, you know, abusing his sister, but the betrayal, the betrayal that led to the murder of, of, of his brother of Sonny. Um, it seems like he's forgiven him, but then, uh, like at, at the very end, Clemenza has like come back into the fold. He helps with killing all the other families and then is the one to kill Carlo. And, uh, and like, that was just super like shows his ruthlessness. Mm-hmm. I also loved, there was something I pointed out to Scott in that moment. Um, and I brought it up to you guys when we were talking about trivia, but this movie uh, was very much like a vanguard in terms of lighting. Like it was very cutting edge uh, because of uh, the um, the cinematographer, and I'm blanking on his name. Um, but anyway, the cinematographer shot everything in very low light conditions, um, which was very tricky for actors. It was very tricky for the entire camera department. It had never really been done before. For the most part, you always shoot in very like in this era, you shot very bright and very evenly. Um, but I loved how like it, from the wedding scene, um, which by the way, uh, all of the sequences between Michael and Kay, when they're like Michael's introducing everyone to Kay and kind of introducing her to this world, that whole conversation was shot at night. Mm. Oh, wow. Really? And all of the light was artificial. Wow. Which was very impressive. But you have that whole sequence of Michael and, you know, he's in his uniform. And in the early parts of the movie, he shot very brightly. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, when he's especially in that conversation with Carlo, he moves in and sits down and he's split light. So half of his face is dark and the other half is lit and it's so sinister and so moody. And it's really the moment that, you know, up until this point, he's been becoming the Godfather, but it's really in that moment that he embodies this menacing character. Uh, I thought it was just really brilliantly brilliantly done and the way it ends that pulling out of the office and they call him the godfather and they close the door oh it was just such a such a powerful beginning opening sequence and such a powerful bookend end sequence yeah i agree i i think the lighting was super well done to like be able to show like his transformation without even something from his character like it's kind of like a subconscious thing you're getting in your mind from it I thought it was really good. I think something that's interesting too, and uh, is that this was released three months after dirty Harry and like, just thinking about those two movies, like side by side and just Mm. like their differences when they're like probably in theater together. Right. Yeah. Like they're just very different. Yeah. I think that like, even though like this movie feels old, it doesn't feel as dated as going to watch. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I feel that way 
in in so many respects because I feel that way like some of the cinematographic choices uh, some of the acting choices but also some of the dialogue like if the dialogue in this movie really seemed to hold up for some reason mm-hmm. um, which I think you know we talked about uh, last week or two weeks ago with vertigo um, that you know that's one of my bigger gripes I think in in some of these older movies is the dialogue doesn't hold up very well, but I feel like this really does. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to point out too, cause I was talking about Carlo. I mentioned this when we were doing trivia, this might be like one of the most fascinating pieces of trivia about this movie of which there is so much. Um, but the, the guy who plays Carlo, uh, Gianni Russo, uh, was a he was actually a mobster that worked for Frank Costello. He was a like an errand boy for Frank Costello. Did they know that he had that affiliation? Like the people on the movie? Yeah. So there was actually um, the producer um, for Paramount uh, was getting like death threats from the Italian mob to stop production of this movie. Uh, I would stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, like they were following him around, and he would like actually like because he was being followed by the mob, he would like evade their tail. Like he would switch cars with people on his way to his office. Like it was pretty intense. I'd be afraid to be the, the PA who has to take the car. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. The, the bait car. Yeah. The bait car. Uh, <laughs> so he, uh, he was getting threatened by the mob and eventually, uh, he gave the mob one of these, uh, a, a crime family. He gave the crime family, uh, the right to read and make changes to the script. Huh? And when the president of Paramount pictures heard about this, Oh, and, and to have, uh, some of these mob people as extras and consultants on set. Like that was the, the like concession that he made in order for them to stop threatening him and his family and other cast members and people like that cast and crew. Um, when the president of Paramount heard about it, he was furious and he fired this producer and then ended up like somebody, I think maybe Coppola convinced him that like, it's in the best interests of the movie. And so they, they rehired him, but yeah, the mob was in the actual mob was integrally involved sometimes negatively, sometimes positively in this movie. So I would imagine that they knew that Gianni Russo was, was a mobster, but he really wanted to be in the movie. Marlon Brando refused because he was not an actor. Like I think kind of similarly to the whole Johnny Fontaine storyline in the very beginning of like wanting to be in this movie and some producers like, no, definitely not. Like it's a kind of a funny parallel, but Brando said no. Well, when, uh, Russo heard about it. He got pissed, went to Marlon Brando's house, threatened his life. And Marlon Brando ended up like signing off on him being in the movie, not because he, his life was threatened, but because he thought he was acting. <laughs> that's that, pretty funny. That's amazing. Like he was like, Oh man, Russo's actually a pretty good actor. He's Let's a convincing see. mobster. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I didn't know better, <laughs> I would have my life was in danger. <laughs> and all along, Marlon Brando's life was actually in danger. I wonder that what that says funny. about the disconnect in his life. That <laughs> Marlon like, Brando. Yeah, where he's like, somebody's, somebody's screaming in my face. And I'm like, wow, this is really great acting. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if I was an actor. 
I feel like I would be afraid. You always have to question like, is this acting or is this real? Yeah. I, just, I feel like the assumption should be it's not <laughs> you know, like when you're not around cameras and if he doesn't like at the end go like end scene, <laughs> but, yeah, take a bow. Yeah. yeah. But it's sort of like, uh, you remember in, uh, 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 Birdman when Michael Keaton is like proving to Ed Norton yeah. that he can act <laughs> yeah. by like telling this awful story. And like, like that's what Brando thought was happening. <laughs> that's you had, you had some pretty interesting um, trivia about Johnny Fontaine as well, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Johnny Fontaine, I actually leaned over to Scott in the middle of us watching this movie, and I was like, I think that's supposed to be Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said that. And I was just... I wasn't sure if you were being like a meant like a literal like that is Sinatra. They just changed his name for like right, or if it was like that type of a person. Right, right. Yeah. Either way, that that yeah. you know that it was like a an archetype mm-hmm. of Sinatra, but um, because he was known to be associated with mm-hmm. the mob, the Italian mafia. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it turns out uh, not only has uh, Mario Puzo like relentlessly. Uh, insisted that it is not based on Sinatra. Sinatra believed it was about him and ran into Puzo at a restaurant and like cussed him out and, and threatened his life. And like, so even, even Sinatra thought that that was him. It, well, that's I mean funny. like, that's what I've heard my whole life. It's like, yeah. Oh, like Sinatra was like this, you know, yeah, but yeah. I guess not. I mean, maybe he was, well, maybe he was, but yeah. that wasn't what that was about, you know? Yeah, I think he was pissed off because he was maybe being it. It, it was, was too accurate. Too <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he saw himself in it. He knew, like, mm-hmm. even though Puzo's like, dude, it's not you. So Sinatra, yes, it is. Sinatra kind of like, that's on exactly himself. what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turns uh, out Puzo's an undercover cop. Yeah, exactly. Right <laughs> um, what about for you guys? Uh, the uh, some of the other actors, because, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about Brando and I think he's exceptional, but what do you guys, what do you guys think about Pacino in this? I loved Pacino in this. Um, I, I have not seen a ton of Pacino's movies, but I feel like my experience of Pacino is him being very loud and over the top and like brazen and um, I thought he played Michael really well because Michael is not that. And I like that's obviously what makes him fit to be the Don. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I thought Pacino played that exceptionally well. Um, I, he sold me as this war hero that did not want to be involved at all in the family to being the Don by the end of the movie and being scary and someone you do not want to mess with. And I thought he played the part really well. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think I liked him. I liked, uh, I forgot there were a lot of people in this that I forgot, like James Conn is in it. And mm-hmm. I thought, like, he was great for what he was supposed to be. And, yeah. Um, I, I think that everybody did a good job. I don't have anybody that I'm like, oh. I think something that I, I really like about this movie, it's, it, I think it's one of the reasons that I enjoyed this as much as I did, is that every character feels integral to this story. Mm. And I feel like every actor plays their part really well yeah, yeah even the really small parts and yeah. actors like it was like it wouldn't have been the same without either like i don't remember the name of uh it, it's kind of like clemenza's counterpart oh yeah but the one that ends up the betrayer switching teams yeah, yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he ends up working for barzini at the end that bit where like we don't even see him die i think it's tessio's his name tessio yeah but it, he kind of looks at tom and he's just like for all time's sake like 
can you cut me one or something like that? You know, like cut mm-hmm. me some slack. And like that part like kind of made me a little sad. And he says like, it, it was just business. It wasn't like, I always liked Michael. It is just business. And like, even a small character like that, like I was emotionally invested in. Yeah. You know, I think like talking about my complaint before where I'm like, there's too much that isn't like the main thing. But, and then I think about the parts that I like and like those things. And I don't think they would have had the payoff that they had if like it wasn't there, like those kind of things. And so like, maybe I wasn't interested at the time, but even still, I think that that, I think you guys are talking me up on the movie. I think I was remembering the things I didn't like. Like I walked out of the movie. I was like, I didn't like this and this and this. Yeah. I just forgot about all this stuff that I was into, you know? Yeah. I think for me, one of, so there are two scenes that, that I wanted to talk about based on the two things that you guys just said. One of them was, uh, Zach, when you were talking about Michael being believable as, going from war hero to the dawn Mm -hmm. the moment that i believed him as the dawn and that i was afraid of him was when he is in vegas and he says to fredo uh don't ever share fredo you're my older brother and i love you but don't ever uh take sides against the family ever again yeah yeah. and just the way he delivered that al pacino because when i asked about pacino i was like "Ah, i'm not sure if i liked him in this and then I remembered that moment and I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like mm-hmm. he was so, he was Michael all the way through. He was never Al Pacino. I think for me, it was, uh, that's a great scene and I completely agree with you. But the the moment for me where I was like sold on him, where it's like he he is the perfect Don for this family was when um, they they booted Tom. Oh. You know, and Tom's like, why? Like, why me, Michael? And he's just like, you're out, Tom. And he's just, he was able to make that kind of decision that like, Sonny wouldn't have been able to do Fredo for sure could never have done, yeah. you know? And that was like, for me, it was like, that's when he became the Don to me because he could, he could be a, uh, he could detach his love for his brother. He yeah. introduces him to Kay in the beginning of the movie is this is my brother. Yeah. And, uh, he could detach his, his emotion with, and, and Tom ends up respecting him for it in Vegas with Fredo. Cause Fredo says, Tom, you're the, you're yeah. the con- consigliere say something and he says uh michael is handling family business now yeah like you you talk to michael mm-hmm. um you know commanded the respect of of everyone in, in, in that moment yeah i was funny when we were watching the movie um we were talking about some of the other actors and you said oh yeah and al pacino and i said i haven't seen him yet where is it and you're like he's michael <laughs> yeah, yeah. i was like what That's al pacino <laughs> Like to me, it looked until I like sat and like studied his face. Right. I was like, oh, that is Al Pacino. You're like, just a hoo <laughs> Yeah. Well, and like old Al Pacino. I've never yeah. seen young Al Pacino. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was it was funny for me. But I thought uh, Robert Duvall's character oh, Tom, was. I love Tom. I thought I he was it. so good. Tom is one of those characters that, like, you know, when I was a kid and I didn't like The Godfather, I still liked Brando. I still liked Michael. They're still cool characters. But like, as an adult, I can appreciate the toms of the movie oh yeah and how much he brings to the story and mm-hmm. how great duval was as tom well and it's so funny like we were talking about um some of the smaller moments that seem like fluff you know but really aren't um as i really sit now and think about the movie clemenza is actually my favorite character mm-hmm. uh you know you have this just like very prototypical, very static character that is just the loyal friend. But man, I really loved him. Uh, he's he's so, you know, I. it seems like it would be fluff when Sonny 
uh, asks uh, that uh, Polly be killed. You know, the like, uh, you know, he didn't, he, he fumbled the gun when my father, you know, was shot or whatever. Kill him. I won't ever want to see him again. And Clemenza just takes that, takes him out. And like, he's like, Hey, we got to do this stuff. You know, we got to run these errands and, and, and murders him. And then just has the, the cold callous line of leave the gun, take the cannoli, mm-hmm. which it turns out was like totally improv. Mm-hmm. Like, such a famous line now too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave like there's I think there's uh several books that are written that have that in the title. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> it always oh, yeah. makes me think of you got mail. Oh like yeah. He's typing. He's, when he's typing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? I don't in You've Got Mail, she starts talking about the Godfather and she's like, What is it with men and the Godfather? He's like, The Godfather is the I Ching. And he's like, it, it, he's like, This has the answer for every single thing. He's like, I'm going on vacation. What should I do? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Oh, everything he's uh-huh. doing, and then, huh. yeah, it's just been referenced over and less less so than the horse head, or <laughs> yeah, you or know, like make, make him an offer, him an offer. yeah, or uh, you know, the um, the the shooting scene, like Vito's assassination attempt, like that's been done over and over again yeah. now, or even to like a lesser extent, like look how they massacred my boy has that's just become just a meme, a meme. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I was really excited to get to that scene, actually. I was like, I I just want to see some of the memes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you see it, and in your head, it's just the memes fly through. Pretty much. Like, that's how I watch SpongeBob now. That's how I watch Lord of the Rings now. (laughs) It's just like, I watch it for for the the memes. memes. Shrek, yeah. You know what? I actually, I really liked, uh, what I liked about that scene, I mean, I liked the meme aspect of it, too. But I liked how um, it was the same character who was somehow involved in the post-mortem care of Sonny who was the very first character that is talking to Vito at the very beginning of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, and I loved that because I, uh, well, I'm watching that scene at the very beginning and Vito is, is saying like, we're going to take care of it, but you're going to have to owe me a favor. And I'm thinking like at some point in the movie, he's going to have to make that guy do some dirty work for him. And in this, it's, it was more of just this personal, like it, like it was more of a favor that you would truly call in from like a friend, you know? And I, I liked it. I feel like it kind of, made Vito more human. Yeah, it I agree. It wasn't all just like, what can you do for us? Yeah. Yeah. We got to the point where like at the end of the movie, when he's sick and he's dying, I was sad. Yeah. I was like, but then you think about it, it's like, oh, this is a bad dude. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, he's just having fun with his grandson, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that That might have been one of the most emotional touching moments for me when he's playing with his son. I thought that mm-hmm. was so terrific. With pesticide? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're spilling it. You're spilling it. <laughs> uh, like that, that kid's gonna die soon too. Oh yeah, from yeah, from pesticide inhalation. Uh, one other actor that I want to talk about um, that I feel like might easily go underrated is Talia Shire, uh, who played Connie, um, the 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 sister, the sister that oh, okay, gets okay. married in the beginning yeah. of the mm-hmm. movie. Um, when I saw her, my first thought was Rocky mm-hmm. and I really did not and still do not like her in Rocky. I, I thought Adrian is a, at least in the first movie, it's a super boring character. To be honest, I like her later in later Rocky movies a lot more. Um, but I saw her and I was like, ah, oh, man, whatever. But her acting in this was very electric and, uh, she's actually the sister of Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. 
like IRL. Uh-huh. She's Francis Ford Coppola's sister. Wow. I, I said many, that really weird. How many relatives does this guy have in Hollywood? Well, Nick lot. Cage, everybody in the world. Sophia Roman Coppola, who yeah. has collaborated with, funny enough, Wes Anderson. Yeah. Who was also the baby at the end of the movie. Sophia, not Roman. No, Sophia was. Sophia was, but Roman, Roman, is, Roman who, is just related to yeah. Francis. And you know. Roman is the one who uh, worked with Wes Anderson, okay. not Sophia. Oh, so Roman wasn't the one in the bath. No. I was, no, never mind. Oh, but Roman's in this movie. Actually, almost. In the bath? <laughs> yeah, the bath, the, 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 the. <laughs> I thought the, you were baptismal. baptismal. Yeah, I that's so cool. referencing last week's episode of the dude watching the Truman Show. Yeah, I was. I so, did too. I was like, is this in a Wes Anderson movie? Someone's in a, a Steve. No, I, I called the baptismal a bath. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> so, to your point, we'll though, leave it in. To your point, though, Jake, actually, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, all of his children, his mother and his father, are all in this movie. Wow. Yeah. Uh, most notably is most of them are extras um, in various po- in various points, but uh, like like you mentioned, uh, Sophia, who would later become you know the director, Sophia Coppola, uh, three weeks old is the baby in the baptismal. She's playing Michael, little Michael, uh, in in the baptism. Um, but yeah, man, I thought that Talia, oh, and his sister, of course, Talia Shire. Um, I thought she was terrific in this when she is, uh, flying off the handle at Carlo and, you know, just destroys the house. Basically. I thought she did such a good job at that. Like I felt the, the terror and the anger, um, that Connie had in that moment. That, I mean, I, I don't know that I, it felt a little bit over the top to me that scene when I was watching it, I was mm. like, this is too much. Like just, just get out. But I, maybe that just wouldn't, wouldn't have been her. Like, I don't want to discount what you were saying, but when I was watching it, I was like, this is a bit much. You know? mm. No, that's fair. It's a different, yeah. Different take on it. Um, what, uh, is there anything? So we talked about the Italy sequence maybe, but is there anything in this movie that really doesn't work for any of you guys? I feel like one of the other scenes that I feel like you could have just, lifted out and maybe was added afterwards at the request of Paramount was the, the scene where Tom goes and visits, uh, the guy, the, director. The, like, the, the horse's head scene, you know, like, yeah, I feel like there was a lot of that kind of business that was handled where it was like, you know, like, go do this, go do that, that, that very well could have been one of those scenes. And I was a little bit bored in that one as well. Mm. Interesting. But, and it's interesting cause it is one of the most iconic scenes in the horse. Yeah. Head scene. But like his, the, the actor, the, the actor was playing the director was terrible. I thought, uh, and he was just like, like that scream was, I thought comical when he wore <laughs> yeah. down. Oh yeah. I was, I was, I was laughing and infuriated at the same time. No, I was just laughing at that because oh, okay. I wasn't mad until the Italy. Part it was, it was it. pretty comical. Yeah. yeah. So like that bit, I was like, ah, like that's another thing. Like to trim the fat, like take that out. Yeah. I also felt like, and it's funny because he's such an integral, integral character in like the total mythos and legend of, uh, of the Godfather, but Captain McClus- McCluskey, I just, oh, the, uh, the police yeah, the police captain, captain uh, that gets, you know, is murdered by, by Michael. Um, I, along with Salato, I, I really just, it, it didn't seem like it added anything to me. Like uh, I, his character, like it, he could have not existed and I would have yeah. been fine. I think like the only thing it did add was it added like 
a bit of like heightened stakes because it's like, Oh, nobody's ever gunned down a police captain. Yeah, that's true. It added stakes for Michael's character. I think the only thing that I would change or, or wish was developed a little bit more, um, not even the Italy bit. I think that I would probably just leave the Italy bit. Um, but was more so, uh, Michael's reconciliation with Kay. I feel mm. like that was a little underdeveloped. Um, yeah. It seemed like she was too quick to forgive him or, or brush kind of, her their history under the rug um i feel like that could have been developed a little bit better yeah she uh, because it's like you know how long have you been back a year a little more i guess i don't know and then like they have one walking conversation then she just gets in the car with him yeah Yeah. he's like i want to be with you but i i didn't until right now even though i've been back right then like the next scene they have like a two-year-old child right there was a lot of jumps there was a it was a bit disorienting watching the movie all the jumps because it's like okay where are we now Mm -hmm. yeah that's true yeah some something to anchor time because also like scott and i were talking about the italy sequence the entire time his face is bruised like, so yeah, he's yeah, so just within a month, <laughs> within a month punched. of getting punched. He's married. Yeah. Like, it, like there was a lot of, a mm-hmm. lot of things mm-hmm. that were tough with like anchoring us in time that I feel like probably could have been done better. Yeah. And I wish I would have been more connected to, uh, the wife and the wife getting killed. Yeah. Like in Italy to make it a more emotional connection for like him continuing down that path. Right. It felt very emotionless. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And she had like 10 lines in the movie and all were right before she dies. Yeah. Like their (laughs) entire like courtship. She had no lines. Right. And he didn't speak to her. He spoke to her father. Right. Like there was just nothing like they just, they shared glances, you know? So that's one thing that really didn't work for me, by the way, is uh, Al Pacino's Italian was atrocious. Like everyone else's Italian in this movie was really good. And he had just such miserable Italian. And then that scene in particular, when he's like talks to the father, um, that was originally written to be done in Sicilian. But Al Pacino either didn't have time or the ability or the willingness to learn enough Sicilian to be able to deliver his lines. So you just switched it to be in English and have it be interpreted. Yeah. Um, which is weird because he is supposed to know that language. Right. So like, it is it playing that he's just not like, doesn't is, care. Doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Or is being uh, disrespectful or yeah, something. Like, I'm not going to even ask for your daughter's hand in your language, even though I know it, I'm going to make my translator tell you what I'm saying. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the Italian, and this is me just really picking nits, but I, I was, you know, the scene where he's killing uh, the captain and yeah. his name, and then they start speaking Italian and they don't subtitle it, and I'm like, okay, I really want to know what they're saying, and then I turn on the subtitles and it's just speaking Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. so bummed. I was like, what are they talking about? Yeah, I thought that was a weird like choice because it's well. the only time they didn't do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mind it, but that's mostly because I caught most of what they said. I don't know anything. Like I don't. I don't know where to. Can you word give Italian. us a gist of kind of what they were saying? No, I don't remember you now. Remember but uh, I, if you know, if you know a little bit of Spanish, you can get by with Italian. Oh, okay. Um, I know zero Spanish, so yeah. So it was it was pretty easy to like piece together what the conversation was, like how it was, like what was happening, what was progressing. Um, but I get what you mean. I don't. I don't. 
disagree with you. It just didn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that big a deal. I was just a little bit annoyed. Yeah. And then also when I was I was doing the subtitles, I fumbled a bit and I accidentally clicked play from the beginning. So I had to fast forward uh, back to that point. Yeah. I was like, this is the worst. <laughs> Yeah, but Salazzo's Italian, like it was so annoying to me in that moment because Salazzo's Italian was really good and it was really clear. Uh, like, and when they go to when they go to Sicily and you know the guards are speaking Sicilian, uh, like Italian has like a really uh, like musical quality to it, like to how you speak Italian, like it it bounces up and down a lot. But uh, Al Pacino's Italian was just like monotone and straight and like garbled. Like I like it was like I can't even make out some of the words that you're saying. Uh, and it was like, come on, Al Pacino, like put in a little effort. You know? I bet he won't win Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> I bet you none of the people from The Godfather. It's cr- three actors got Best Supporting Actor nomination. I know, like you were asking, like how, how'd you feel about the other actors, but. I feel like that might be all anybody would have to say. Yeah. Well, and I feel like Robert Duvall, if I was going to pick one of those three, it would have been Robert Duvall mm-hmm. to yeah. get it over Al Pacino. Or uh, Khan. Or James Khan. I thought James Khan was great, um, but I felt like Robert Duvall was. Yeah. His, his character was super convincing. Oh, yeah. I was drawn in anytime he was a part of the scene. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Never, never has there been, nor will there ever be a better uh, consigliere than uh, than Tom Hagen. Yeah, but he's out. He's out for now. For now, yeah. I mean, I he haven't might seen be, the Godfather too. I don't know if he comes back. He, he might be back. I don't know if he can, comes back or not. But it was only during that time when they were doing some of the illegal stuff, and they didn't want him to be involved. It was when they were transitioning from supposedly transitioning from New York to Vegas. Although that ended up being, I think, a little bit of a ruse because they ended up wiping out the other heads of the five families. Yeah. So it seems like they're going to be in Vegas and in New York. Like it was a big power play because they still killed Mo Green. Still killed Mo. Well, and the th- I, I don't know what happens in. A, a lot of uh, part two takes place in Vegas. It does. Because mm-hmm. Fredo it has a big part to play in, in uh, two. I did not like Fredo at all. Neither does Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Is Joe Pesci in any of these? No. no. Bummer. You're thinking of uh, the, the Scorsese <laughs> gangster films. Oh, what was that one? Like he, Goodfellas, Casino. All oh, of the Martin Casino. He's, yeah. Casinos. I was like, I remember a scene. Oh, where you remember in him Vegas. in Vegas. Yeah. 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 Him and De Niro. Yeah. May, it, yeah. It, do a lot together. Yeah. Well, when we do what I guess is going to be gangster movie month, I have not seen Casino. So you can throw that in there. Oh, Casino is so good. Casino is good. Yeah. That's a really good one. So is Goodfellas. Uh, I've I, seen Goodfellas. I feel like uh, one that. Have you seen Goodfellas, Scott? No. Oh, still fair game. Let's do Gangster Month. <laughs> well, we already did this, so unless you guys want to change your... Uh, well, we could still do Godfather 2 in Mobster Month that's at, two. Some, at some point. We could do that. Well, uh, unless you guys have anything else, I, I won't even deign. Like, how could we ever do a recast? This was perfect, I feel and there like. Are just, there are too many people to recast. We don't have time. I would bring <laughs> Joe Pesci in. Are you serious or joking? I was joking. Joe Pesci is actually a, a solid... Italian actor like, like he he could play a role in this totally. for sure yeah he is I think good 
good as a, a mobster. Yeah, so. I think so too. I think all those other mobster movies though, just like pull stuff from this. Like it like this was the base of all those mobster movies. Yes and no. I mean, I feel like some of the, some of these other uh, Scorsese films, like I feel like stand on their own. Like I do feel like it is a little bit Scorsese versus Coppola. Mm. Like they're, you know, I think that they all pull from those two sources primarily. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that a lot of things have pulled from Godfather, even that aren't, uh, and I'll give a, I'll give a wreck an honorable mention. Uh, you guys should definitely watch at some point. Um, analyze this. It's a, uh, Harold Ramis film. Uh, it's a comedy and it's loosely sort of like based on if Michael grew up and, uh, like needed therapy and goes to Billy Crystal for therapy. Michael, the baby that was baptized. No, 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 no. Michael, Michael Don. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Don Michael Corleone. Uh, it's, it's very funny. It's a very funny film. Isn't that De Niro? It's De Niro. Yeah. Yeah. De Niro plays the, the mobster and Billy Crystal. And he has a different name. And, and like I said, it's loosely based on, but they more like the idea. It's not actually supposed to be like a a mob boss. Yeah. Yeah. And they pull multiple motifs from this directly into that Mm -hmm. movie. Um, in pretty funny ways. Like, uh, like he has a dream that Billy Crystal, goes to buy fruit off the stand and then the guys run up and oh, shoot funny. Billy Crystal and he gets out of the car, fumbles with the gun, but they do it like shot for shot from the Godfather. Oh, it's cool. very funny. Um, but yeah, honorable mention, check that out. All right, let's spin up those servers. Uh, I want to hear from Scott first on this one. I am going to give this movie a 9.0. All right, Jake. Oof. I'm, I'm going to be uh, an outlier twice. You're going to pull a Scott on this. Yeah, I I think I am because I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a seven, seven. And uh, I'm going to give this a, a nine as well. I'm going to give this a 9.2. I just feel like I can't, I can't give it too high because I was so bored for parts of it. All right. Well, just as a reminder, uh, the other guys gave this a 97%. IMDb gave it a 9.2. It is number two on IMDb and AFI's top 100 movies. And on Rotten Rotten Potatoes, it is an 87%. I just, I can't fathom how this bored you and good, the bad, and the ugly didn't. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I I knew that I was going to get raked over the coals for this. I really did. Uh, And I don't... It zero sense. I don't have a lot of good answers for you, Uh, but it's just how I feel. I'm going to... I'm being a Scott right now. (laughs) And I don't don't love it, but I have to... For comparison, he also rated Die Hard 7.7. I think I would watch Die Hard again a million times. Well, like, yeah. I watched Die Hard again ten times. Die Hard, you can this. put on. Young Frankenstein got an eight. <laughs> I think. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. I, I'll say. Uh, Stand by that. For a little bit of context for how we ranked this, we also gave The Shining, uh, and uh, I lost the other one that I was going to say. Uh, Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth, an eighty-seven percent. Uh, and I would agree that this is probably as good as the shining. Although Scott was the one that dropped that with a ridiculous <laughs> rating. I, say, I think, I think that the shining is better than this. Movie. Just like Jake dropped this one with a, I feel badly about it. I really do. But <laughs> there's, I just, I, I have to, I have to think about 
in my rating how bored I was from parts of this movie. We have actually a lot of 87%. Short Term 12 was 87. The Shining, The Prestige, Pan's Labyrinth, and Godfather. This is uh, Scott's third highest rated film so far. Uh, he rated uh, Django a 9.3 and uh, uh, No Country for Old Men a 9.1. In At the end of the year, when we decide to think back on what we've done, I'm probably going to have to watch this movie again. Because <laughs> I think you guys talked me up on it a lot. We're like, I walked out, I was like, ah, I didn't like that. But then I thought about it and I was like, okay, there were a lot. There was a lot to like, but there was a lot that I was, didn't. All right. Well, we'll watch it again. We'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I I think you're absolutely entitled to your seven seven, Jake. Don't let anyone. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the fence about it myself. <laughs> Do you want us to stop? No, go let, back. Let, and, let's close this episode before before we. I can change my mind. All right. Well, next week uh, we are reviewing my pick, uh, uh, King's Speech. Very excited about it. Uh, it's going to be a good one uh, for us to uh, sit down and review. Best picture winner. Uh, and yeah, so yeah. we'll see. Uh, we'll, we're finally getting out of the 20th century while also somehow staying in it. <laughs> yeah, like even further back in it. <laughs> yeah, even further back. All right. Well, Zach, before we get out of here, do you have any final thoughts for us? Yeah, you know what? Just...